Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymcclain. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. Oh, boy. What a relief. Uh, we had, I've talked about it on a, a couple episodes now, but we had my daughter's second birthday. Finally. Finally, we had my daughter's second birthday, and finally it's over. It's been a, it was a lot of planning. I feel like uh, a very low rent version of one of those like super sweet 16 dads where it's like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't get my daughter like a, like a Mercedes convertible for her second birthday, obviously, but I did feel a little bit like, um, just like every moment I was, I was going to end up spending more money. I'm trying to get my own headphones to work correctly right now. I, uh, we spent, I think my wife, so this is the thing is in 2020, like everybody, I had a fucked up birthday. My wife had a fucked up birthday. My daughter had a fucked up birthday. Uh, everybody in 2020 that was born before like March 13th had a fucked up birthday, had at least one fucked up birthday. Okay. So I know that I'm not alone. I'm aware of that, but uh, I, we were sad that my daughter had a fucked up birthday. It's her first birthday. She's the first grandkid between my wife and I both. It was, you know, everybody's, I think one of the things that this whole pandemic has done is it's forced everybody to kind of go like, well, I'm not that special. Of course, my daughter is special to us. She's special to our family, but none of us are all that special. And I think that has been like a somewhat valuable lesson to learn while we are all uh, going through this this pandemic. I think it's been, I do think it's been valuable. Um, hang on, I'm gonna, I gotta do a thing with my headphones and it's gonna completely fuck up. Now it's like blasting my eardrums out. Okay. All right. All right, everybody. Nobody cares, but I couldn't hear myself very well. And if anybody needs, I got to hear myself. That's the ego I have. I got to, I have to be able to hear myself, must be able to hear myself. Otherwise I cannot continue. So we all learned that we're not very special. We all learned that, uh, the world will shit on us when given the opportunity. Now I kind of want to pause and make sure that my work computer is not picking this up. All right, we're back. Uh, yeah, what we learned in 2020 and 2021 is that no event is sacred. No event is too sacred to not be impacted by this pandemic. Weddings, funerals. I mean, funerals. 
It was illegal to have funerals for a while. Birthdays, anniversaries, etc. Like they were all nobody's nothing was safe. And feel how you want to about that. I'm not I'm not trying to make anyone if there's anything I'm not trying to do, it's to convert people to my point of view uh through like prejudice or whatever, right? Like we can disagree on stuff. I think that there's a there's a pretty good argument to be made in retrospect that the precautions taken in states where funerals were illegal ended up being life-saving precautions. Now, I also understand and agree with and empathize with the fact that we uh potentially in 2021 gave up a lot of our liberty. I'm not I'm not a I'm not immune to that. I'm not I'm not a, I try to be a reasonable person. But so we had my daughter's second birthday and it was fun. It was very fun. And we put a lot of money, time and effort into it and Yeah, I mean it's like I mean it's embarrassing to think people with our level of income and people with our level of wealth spent I bet you we came close to spending $3,000 on this on this second birthday party between presents that we got our daughter between uh food and beverage and decorations and uh maybe maybe 2 grand but still we had 20, like 25 people over, which means that on like a, if you think of it as like a per plate basis, my daughter's second birthday costs like the same amount as my wedding <laughs> with no rental fee. We didn't rent out any, uh, any big haul. So it was very fun. Very, very exciting. She had a great time. I made a brisket. I smoked a brisket. I think it's my it's my fourth or fifth brisket. By the I think it's my fifth successful brisket. Uh with my third brisket being it's been talked about a lot on this podcast also, but the one that uh, nearly set my house and garage on fire. So fifth brisket successful. I I have some uh I have some modifications to the process that I need to make. I'm trying to be scientific about it. I'm trying to only change one thing per cook so that I can actually pinpoint the change. So this time, uh, and I didn't actually succeed in only changing one thing, but I switched to the last time I cooked a brisket, I, I used a uh, beef tallow, which is like a big hipster brisket thing to do right now. This time I used a Wagyu tallow, fancy tallow, baby. Uh, I did make one mistake that I don't think ended up being a problem, which is I didn't put a, a water pan in there. Uh, but my next move, I believe, and this is a small change. These are all small changes, but I'm trying to be scientific. The next move is going to be to incorporate garlic into my rub. I've tried to be a Texas purist with this brisket so far. I've exclusively seasoned my brisket with salt and pepper. That's it. Salt and pepper and allow the smoke to do the rest. I'm going to add garlic next time and see garlic powder next time and see how it goes. Um, yeah, we did uh we had a Rugrats theme which is very fun because most of the most of the parents, we had like 25 people and I think 10 of those people were kids and all of the parents are in my wife and my age range. Um I'm 35. My wife is 33. 
No, 32. She's a youngin. She'll be 33 in October. Uh, she, so these are all people who grew up with Rugrats. We all knew Rugrats. And so, um, yeah, it was fun for kind of everybody to, to, to there. We had like a, like a backdrop, like a, like a, like a nightclub backdrop, but it was a huge Rugrats backdrop. Uh, water shit outside, like a hundred plus alcoholic beverages, brisket, burgers, hot dogs, corn pudding, salad for some people that, for almost nobody that wanted to eat salad. We had some chips, some dips, some cured meats. We had it all, baby. We had everything that you could ask for. From At one point, I was actually kind of thinking maybe, maybe this birthday had crossed over into an adult party instead of a child's party. All the kids had fun. Don't get me wrong. But at some point, it was like, well, I mean, I like brisket and uh, I like beer and I like cured meat and I like this and I like that. So maybe that's maybe that's the real reason we're doing this. But my daughter had a blast. She, um, you know, the other. Oh, shit. I, I, uh... <laughs> we'll get into that topic in a second. I accidentally just played something over my uh, over my Bluetooth input here that that uh, we'll get there we'll get there it's about that lewis brinson if you're familiar and you're wondering if that's what that's from it is the lewis brinson uh fan yelling in colorado i'm gonna talk about that later um anyway real fun time got nice and drunk drank enough water to not really be hung over on monday what a time what a blast uh my daughter's two years old I've been, I'm still, I'm in debate about how much more I'm going to write about her. First off, she hasn't done anything in a little while that really is stand-up worthy, so that's a little bit on her. But I'm uh, I'm in debate trying to figure out how much I'm going to talk about my daughter on stage going forward. Because I think already the the, as a comics kid, she's going to be subject to some things that normal kids don't have to deal with. And if one of those things is like her dad saying, I just don't know. I just don't know. I have a good example to go by. I think uh, my pal Gabriel Rutledge is a great example. I'm going to have him on hopefully the next episode or maybe an in-between episode to talk about his new book called There's No Fucking Way You're Getting a Pony. It's a children's book for adults. It's a brilliant idea. It's so fun. It's so it's so uh, interesting, and what a great idea, and what a great thing to sell as merch, by the way, because he gets to sell merch where he doesn't have to carry around a bunch of different sizes. Uh, I mean, he's still probably going to have a shirt. He's got another book. He's he's written two books. This is how you know, by the way. Uh, uh, the day we're recording this, Andrew Cuomo um, is resigning as the governor of New York. You ever think about I think about this sometimes somewhat often is March 2020 a whole bunch of people were just like living their lives had future plans and all this is like a little bit morbid and dark by the way a whole bunch of people planning their lives they have future plans they have retirement accounts they have etc and they just get turned on their head and then a bunch of those people I mean some some probably hundreds of thousands of people who had a lot of future plans just died or they lost their job, like their lives have been uh, immeasurably altered. 
And you got to imagine that old, old uh, Andrew Cuomo is in the same boat where this dude was like a like a semi-popular governor when the when the pandemic started. And then I never understood why he got so much praise and why New York was held up as an example for how to handle this COVID pandemic, to be honest with you. He fucked that city. They 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 were lying to people. The local politicians were and I I'll give people some grace for being wrong. A lot of us were wrong at the beginning of this, right? But we don't we don't have to heap praise on people who are wrong for the way that they handled it. I I'll give them some grace, but we don't have to heap praise on them. And so one of the catalysts for him resigning is he announced he was going to release a book about the way that he handled the pandemic. And as is pretty common these days, he was going to get some notoriety. And then a bunch of people who he had mistreated in the past came out to be like, fuck this dude. He is not as good of a guy as he is saying here. This is how you know Gabriel Rutledge, not a bad guy. Uh, despite what his eyeballs and uh, overall look might say. He's not a bad guy, and you can tell because he's put out two books now, and not one accuser has come out. So, all right. Uh, this weekend, I will be at Spokane Comedy Club opening for Bobcat Goldthwaite. I'm going to have to watch. I, I'm famil most familiar with Bobcat Goldthwaite as, and I, I don't even know his uh, character name, but the guy on Scrooged that gets fired at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the movie. I think I'm going to have to watch a Bobcat Goldthwait movie just to be like, yeah, I've seen that one. I've seen uh, something. Thank you for not. Thank you for smoking, I think, is maybe one of them. Uh, American, not American Dad. Anyways, I'm going to watch one. I know that he uh, climbed down the set naked while Nirvana was playing at the MTV Music Awards. I know a couple things about Bobcat Goldthwait. Some other people are very happy for me that I get to open for him. And I, I'm excited to open for him, but it's not because I have a hero worship for the work that he's done. Um, that might change after I spend a little more time with the old, uh, with the old catalog, but I will be there. I'll be staying in an Airbnb. I am taking on a challenge for this trip. My mom, wife, daughter, and dog all going to this Airbnb, a two-bedroom Airbnb that accepts dogs in Spokane. Um, it'll be very, it's going to be exciting. I'm going to see, my mom is going to see a bunch of old uh, old family that she hasn't seen in several years. My daughter's going to meet our family for the first time. My dog, I've never taken my dog on a trip. It's very exciting. The whole thing is very exciting. The Airbnb has air conditioning. The last time I was in Spokane, there was a heat wave. And then the second I show back up, they got another heat wave brewing, baby. And we're over 100, I think, for a chunk of it. But we got air conditioning in the cars. We got air conditioning in the Airbnb. Um, I'll be selling shirts and all that business. So it'll be very fun. Come out and uh, come out. If you're if you're in Spokane, please come out. I got to figure out if I can get my, my uncle in for free because I don't think he's going to pay. So that's just some verbal diarrhea. I do love Spokane. I love Spokane Comedy Club. Maybe my favorite comedy club in the state. All right. I'm trying to look, trying to figure out. Oh, so there's this comedian. You've probably heard of him. Uh, I believe this is a, a dark horse for the best, the funniest comedian working today is, my opinion, 
you could make a really strong argument for Michael Che. And I'll tell you why. It's not like he's touring and putting out specials constantly. Uh, he's obviously, if you're if you're familiar, he is the Weekend Update host on SNL. I believe he's the co-head writer of SNL. Very accomplished dude. Young guy. I think younger than me. He his Instagram, in my opinion, is a must follow. But what I will what I will warn you because this is where I actually think he's the absolute funniest is you might have to wait a month or two to really get the joke that's happening on Instagram. First, one of the reasons is because Michael Che deletes his Instagram posts uh, all the time. I think it's like maybe he has like a 24-hour clock or something like that. So the Instagram posts go away immediately. And they're always funny, but they're always... The thing that Michael Che has going for him is he is a guy who has a dissenting opinion from the, like, quote-unquote, woke mob. But because he is, like, a liberal, black dude, smart, uh, accomplished, he gets to say shit that I could never say. And he gets away with it. And great, by the way. Like, sometimes I feel like the comics, comics who are, like, my... Uh, brand of comedy for some reason have some animosity towards uh, minority comics being able to get to say more. And they, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's like, I mean, just look at Patrice O'Neill, right? Like that dude got to say everything he wanted to. I think he even said like one of the, in his opinion, one of the reparations for slavery was freedom of speech for black people. And I think that there's some instinct for some people to be like, well, why does he like he gets to say, like as a as a person who advocates for free speech, who also wants to be able to say like honest, funny jokes that might might offend some people. You'll be like, well, he shouldn't get to say that if I can. And the reality is, is that Michael Che being allowed to say some of the shit that he does, get away with some of the shit that he does. That's very funny, very well made, very well crafted. I think of it as like a levy holding out the pressure on people like myself who aren't doing the same kind of edgy material, but they're keeping the, uh, the torch holders away from me. And that's great. He, uh, he's gotten in trouble for some pretty fucking hilarious jokes that were controversial. Uh, most recently he just said, I'm going to make some jokes about Simone Biles and then he posted screenshots of jokes that people sent him in his DMs that were some of them were fucking wild. But it was very funny, a very funny thing to do. And then what people didn't realize is he came back and said he was hacked. And I, listen, here's the thing. I can't even explain his Instagram account and why it's funny without getting into a bunch of stuff that you can't even go back and look at anyway because it's all deleted and then also like explaining he does these posts about his podcast that I can't even explain to you why they are so funny without you need a lot of so go follow Michael Che let listen let me be the 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 Casey McLean to Michael Che pipeline okay funniest comedian working he's he's pushing buttons and holding the uh and holding the the border of what's acceptable comedy, I think, at where it's at. We, he's building a <laughs> he's building a wall at the border of what is and is not acceptable comedy. Um, 
I guess this is, I don't want this to just turn into like black appreciation podcast because I'm going to talk about another, a past podcast guest, uh, Chris Allen released an album. It's very good. It is called off script came out on the day of my daughter's second birthday, uh, Friday, August 6th. So go check that out. He's, uh, I think it's, I think it's climbing the charts. It's a pretty good album. I listened to a good chunk of it. So go, please, please go check that out. And then finally, I'm going to talk about this Lewis Brinson thing because I actually think that the Rockies handled this perfectly, almost perfectly, maybe. So here's the audio. Hold on. I'm going to. Okay. So, yeah, you probably heard a little bit of that there. I'm going to pause this and set it up. Um, The. People who started circulating this video, when they heard what was being said on this video, they heard someone screaming the N-word at Lewis Brinson, who is the batter. I believe he plays for the Miami Marlins. Um, Black man. So I understand, I'm going to play it and I want you to hear it because there's the, I, and I'm also going to equate this to TikTok. TikTok has these videos that you're like, they have, it'll be like, you can hear, it'll be like a kind of muffled, distorted sound. And they'll go, look at, look at the, this phrase and you'll hear this phrase. And then if you hear the same sound while you're looking at another phrase, you will hear that phrase. So I'm going to play it. Okay, so if you're just watching that, you don't know any of the other story, any other elements of this story, I could certainly see someone hearing that and going like, oh my God. When I first heard it, I was like, oh my God, that fan is screaming the N-word. That is fucking crazy. Um, And then especially, by the way, when you, you realize that neither the Home or Away broadcast really acknowledge it or noticed it. The fans around aren't stirring. The batter isn't stirring. Uh, it's you. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the, if you're trying to like imagine this cartoonish world of racism that we live in, you have to believe here that, that, Hundreds, if not thousands of people in that stadium that heard that guy yell that the announcers, the batter, the players, that none of them reacted because we are so used to just people screaming out the N word. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I've met racist people in my life. I'm not a person that denies if a person's yelling out the N word, we fucking notice. Okay. People notice. And so what? What came out after is that, and it's, this was a this was true before, but it wasn't necessarily realized by everybody. The Colorado Rockies mascot is called Dinger, after the the phrase, uh, the phrase for a home run, the slang phrase for a home run. Now let's play it again. Try to hear Dinger. Okay, so first off, this is a thing, this specific 
action, this like yelling out in a stadium is, is particularly triggering for me because I remember when I was growing up, uh, my family got these really good seats uh, for free almost certainly, but we got these really good seats on the third baseline of the kingdom. And one game, I think after the game, or maybe he was uh, coming in between innings to do something in the clubhouse, former Mariners reliever Norm Charlton was uh, walking back, walking down the third baseline. And my dad, at full-throated volume, at my dog is going to run off a cliff, my child is about to die volume, is screaming, Norm! 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 And uh, trying to get his attention, trying to ultimately get me like a ball, like have him throw me a ball. Like he wants to be this hero dad that gets his son a ball. And I understand that, but I, it's just extremely embarrassing. And everyone around you is looking at you like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So this is annoying behavior. I want to start with that. Regardless of if he's, let's start with no matter what this guy's saying, if he's, if he's, uh, you know, if he's saying a him, it's annoying. Well, I guess that's not really, that could be annoying anyway. Uh, it doesn't matter what this guy's saying. Screaming out like that, very annoying. I'm not in favor of it. I'm against it. Um, I do, sus oh, also, uh, so the Rockies put out a statement that said, like, we do not, this is absolutely unacceptable. We do not condone this type of behavior, blah, 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 blah. And then after some review, they said, what we've realized is that the fan was saying our mascot, Dinger's name. He was not using a racial slur, etc. Now, there's a lot of debate about this. This is like the blue dress. Uh, what was it? Blue and gold dress or blue and white dress, whatever. This is... Uh, I can understand why... Pe when I first heard it with the caption, this is someone yelling the n-word at a Rockies game I was like fuck that is horrible and also you're like if these people exist why aren't they why don't we hear this all the time um and then to like to think about it to, you know you go through the process you see the thing that it says dinger uh the people are saying it says dinger you find out the mascot's name dinger blah blah blah, blah. it goes through the whole thing my suspicion ultimately is that the uh the guy was saying dinger. I don't think that you can, uh, I've no, I know a lot of white people. If I'm anything, I'm a, I'm an authority on white people. And I don't think you could in a stadium full of people scream out the N word to no reaction, not in Colorado for, I mean, for that matter, not in Alabama or Seattle or something like that, but you couldn't do it. Especially, I mean, online on your debt, you're that close. No way. So, I don't think the dude was intentionally saying dinger or sorry, the N word. Jeez. I, I did. It was absolutely not going to say it. I was going to would have said, but what a wild uh, mistake that would have been. I, and on a podcast. And then I released the podcast. I just go forward and release the podcast. I don't think he was trying to say, I don't think he said the N word. Uh, Lewis Brinson for, for what it's worth, worth pointing out. Lewis Brinson has reviewed the tape. He said he watched it 50 times. And he says he hears the N-word. Um, and he says he doesn't. He didn't want to hear the N-word. That's not like what he... Uh, I don't think he's right. But I don't I don't think that it's like... 
I don't think we punish this dude. I don't think we should punish this dude because of what Lewis Brinson heard. But I do think it's actually, this is like an interesting moment to look at like, let's say we knew for sure this dude was saying dinger. Because I don't think we know for sure. I feel pretty certain, but we don't know for complete fact. There's a reason that Lewis Brinson is hearing the N-word when this is played. First off, it sounds kind of like it. Like, we could all agree on that. Uh, I think that screaming dinger versus screaming the N-word, you're going to run into a... Uh, you could run into some similarities. I think if you walked into a into a room full of black people and started screaming dinger, you might get some, some double takes making sure that you were really enunciating the D. Um, I... Yeah, it's tough because our, our nature, or at least the and maybe mistaken nature, is to just go like, well, this guy feels this way. So if that's how he feels, we must punish accordingly. And this is why we don't let uh, the parents of victims carry out justice, right? Like we have – there was – the Rockies had an the Rock, first off the only thing I would say is I think that the Rockies probably could have waited a little bit longer. I think the fact that they didn't like dox this dude or kick him out, ban him, whatever immediately. I'm sure that eventually, and maybe we already have, and I'm just not aware of it. We might hear from this guy uh, and know that he's not saying that. But in the meantime, I think that the Rockies handled it about as good as you could have. They did an investigation. They retracted. The thing that they said before, initially showing sensitivity. Obviously, these organizations and corporations and whatever, they're, we rightfully live in a time that's like you can't wait to come out against pretty horrific things that are, you're, are being suggested that you said were said in your stadium. Um, yeah, all right. What a fucking somber way to end this. 30 minutes in, uh, please. I don't think the dude said the N-word. Uh, I also, I have noticed a lot of people on on Twitter going, oh, way to defend a racist. This is what you. This is where you're left at, right? It's like you either agree completely or you are defending a racist, a person whose only character we know, we don't know who he is. We The only thing we know is that he yells out in stadiums, which I will admit is a point against him. But... Uh, uh, we only know that there's like a small chance that he was screaming the N-word in the middle of a crowded stadium. Um, and that's pretty small chance, I think. So, defending a racist? I don't know. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, this is the one the last thing I'll say before I go. The COVID news is good. The vaccine's working. The, I almost played the, the clip again. The vaccine's working. Deaths, deaths are way down. Deaths per 100,000. Every single age group is seeing remarkable reduction in deaths. The vaccine is working. Yes, if you want to encourage people to get vaccinated, if you do it in a way that you think could possibly be effective, do that. If you're just getting a pound of flesh by making fun of people who don't want the vaccine... Don't pretend that you're an activist. You're not an activist. I think people should get vaccinated because I think it's the scientific best choice to make. However, I understand why people would be wary of the vaccine. I also recognize that like minority groups are less likely to be vaccinated, and it's not really 
an access issue at this point. It's available all over the place. And so we ignore that. We make this into like these white conservatives. Are, they just want to keep us in the pandemic. We froth at the mouth. Well, it's not really that. It's a lot of everybody, right? A lot of everybody's not getting vaccinated. And even with a lot of everybody not getting vaccinated, shit is getting a lot better. And we should at least recognize that also. I posted a, I posted a, if you want to check it out, at the Casey McLean on Twitter, I posted a graphic that was taken from the CDC website on Monday, August 9th. Not a meme from somebody else that's been altered from the CDC website. I clipped it myself. Go check it out at the Casey McLean. Otherwise, please come see me in Spokane. Check out thecaseymcclain.com for stand updates. Uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm looking into a camera that's not on because I keep not putting up video because I hate it. Thank you for listening to the podcast, and I will talk to you soon.